0: Welcome back to the show. On today's show, we have one of the co-founders of Indiegogo, Slava Rubin. That's right, the co-founder of Indiegogo, the huge crowdfunding platform that helps people raise money. And this is a very interesting show. I I gotta say, I learned a lot from this, and there's one instant, it, it just blew my mind, the response that Slava gave me on the future of crowdfunding. It's even bigger than I expected. But in the show, you're gonna learn tips on how to have success with crowdfunding, different techniques you can use. I mean, you're learning from Slava himself, the guy who created the platform, and what things to look out for, and how to prepare yourself, and the key tips to having success with crowdfunding. Also, we talk about how big companies, Fortune 500,000 companies, are getting into crowdfunding. They just launched enterprise crowdfunding. It's uh, basically a service that helps big companies launch their products on the market because it's the cheapest way and best way to get feedback from the market in launching a product. A lot of great stuff. And then also you're going to, need to learn why Slava actually got into crowdfunding, which is, I mean, just awesome to hear. And both and I, uh, him and I resonate on this and kind of have the same outside why we both got into crowdfunding. So you'll learn that in the show. A lot of great stuff. You honestly, this is one show you want to listen to. It, it blew my mind. So let's jump into it with the co-founder of Indiegogo, Slava Rubin. I'm excited to have on the show today Slava Rubin, the, one of the co-founders of Indiegogo. How's it going, Slava?
1: Things are well. I just got back from CES, so it's uh, you know a little bit crazy coming back.
0: Yeah, I saw some of your interviews there. It's, it's cool to see where crowdfunding's going, and we'll talk about more in the show. But before we get started, I want to hear about your background. What led you to get into crowdfunding and to co-found the great platform Indiegogo?
1: Sure. So it was my two co-founders and I, Eric and Danae, we had a mutual frustration of trying to raise money using the internet. This goes all the way back to 2006 we had dinner overlooking the Golden Gate Bridge and we just said, you know what, why is it that the internet is the ultimate democratization platform, yet access to capital is all about the gatekeeper. So we just had this really naive idea to create a platform where anybody who had an idea can try to raise money if the crowd wants to give them money. And we launched in January 2008. It was very much in the spirit of YouTube, which had just come out in 2005. And we thought a very similar thing could happen for access to capital. Now we're sending millions of dollars every week around the world. So just tell me, I mean, that's a huge, I mean,
0: task to take on. What did that look like to create this platform, Indiegogo? Um, What were some of the struggles you had along the way? And then your aha moments where you had that big success story. Because, I mean, as entrepreneurs, we have startups. It's not always beautiful. And right now, I mean, obviously people see Indiegogo and they see the huge success. But I want to hear about the stories people haven't heard about the tough times.
1: Um, Yeah, I mean, we came up with the idea in October of 2006. We launched in January, 2008. Between those two time periods, we have 15 months to do the research, come up with the ideas, come up with a prototype for a product in terms of what the MVP would look like. Um, You know, start really talking to potential customers before it was even live. Often people will laugh at us saying, why would anybody give money without getting profit in return? <laughs> then we launched, the market crashed. It was pretty rough. You had the economy go down in 2008. and 2009, we got rejected by 93 VCs. We were all three of us were first-time entrepreneurs. So um, it was a wild ride for us to learn everything new. And none of us actually had product experience or design background. So we had to just figure it all out on the fly. You said 93 VCs turned you down? Correct. Before one gave us money. Correct. <laughs> how was how that feeling when you, you finally had one that, that gave you money? I mean, I'm pretty used to rejection by then, um, but really, really didn't expect to get the money. The market had crashed and people were really tight with their VC investments. So we were in the business of trying to turn our company profitable. Um, you know, I was much thinner back then because I couldn't afford much food. <laughs> and uh, and uh, it was just the sort of thing where we had to become profitable so we can afford giving ourselves some money. I mean, there wasn't any money to give ourselves a salary or anything like that. We were just doing really sweat equity and trying to make something a reality. Dude, I can relate to that, brother. I know what it's like. So what
0: what was it like uh, before you had got into that stage? Like, what was your day job? Did you have a job, obviously, to be able to finance your expenses until you got to that point with Indiegogo where cash flow
1: is forward? Yes, yeah, so I went to University of Pennsylvania for college. I graduated in 2000, was then a strategy consultant for eight years until uh, January 1st, 2008, when uh, I left to start Indiegogo. So as part of being a strategy consultant, I worked with Fortune 500 companies, launching new companies or new ideas. It gave me a lot of background as to how big companies run and how innovation gets done at kind of a a large company scale. And uh, I think that's really helped me to go from the early stage Indiegogo to where we are now, a little bit bigger. That's awesome, man. So, just curious, what was your uh, degree in? Um, I was a double major in finance and entrepreneurial management. So, I went to the Wharton School of Business undergrad. Dude, congrats! That's that's an awesome school. That's cool,
0: man. Okay, so we're going in Indiegogo. Let's get uh, kind of into the what the the audience wants to hear. Obviously, everybody wants to know how do you have success on Indiegogo with crowdfunding. <clears throat> First off, what would you say would be the main issues or mistakes campaign creators make while setting up their campaign
1: i mean probably the top mistake is an if you build it they will come mentality just uh you know coming up with a campaign thinking it's a one and done concept and then walking away and hoping that elves will walk around and drop money from the trees into your campaign i think that it's really the more time and effort you put into it the more results you get out of it and you know three things to think about is one you want to have a good pitch two you want to be proactive and three you want to find an audience that cares so for example having a good pitch we know if you have a video as part of your campaign you raise considerably more money than if you don't have a video you want to get off to a fast start and be proactive you want to get if you get up to 25 percent of your funds in the first week you're five times more likely to hit your target and then uh, if you do an update every five days or less raise four times more money than if you do an update every 20 days or more so it really benefits to engage your audience and the last thing is you need to find an audience that cares i mean if uh, your own mother your own brother your own fan your own customer your own neighbor won't give you money why will strangers on indiegogo give you money so you really need to engage your audience target them think about where they are who they are get them to start funding and then indiegogo will help you raise more money than you ever could on your own would would you say for updates i mean do daily updates?
0: Would that hurt if you're going to do an update every day to, with your audience?
1: It really all depends on your campaign and how fresh the content is. I don't think you really need every day unless it, your campaign is very dynamic and a lot is changing every day. I like to stay in a you know three to five day rhythm. Uh, it, yeah. all, it all depends on your actual campaign. I also like to think that half of the updates you should have pre-planned in advance. So, that way you're not scrambling because there's a lot of things that are gonna happen during the campaign that's gonna be a little chaotic, and you don't wanna forget to do quality updates. So, I like to think that half the updates should be things that you think about in advance of launching the campaign, and half the updates become organic based on things that happen on the fly. So, I know you wanna engage with your audience and get
0: uh, a lot of, uh, build your community, but what would you say would be the best tips for anybody to obviously try to get featured? on indiegogo or to get the most attraction
1: yeah so to get featured to be on the homepage, to get into the newsletter all those things happens completely through a democratic process so we call it the go-go factor so similar to google you don't really call larry page or sergey and say hey can i get on the top of the search results for apple or or bob or or san francisco you just have the algorithms work and um, they make sure to put the right links in front of the right people at the right time And we do the same thing. So we're using algorithms all the way back from 2008. That's what's really special about us. We're looking to democratize access to capital. So we're using an open platform and then using data to present the right people and the right campaigns in front of the right uh, funders. So the best thing you can do is get off to a fast start, get lots of social, get lots of sharing, get lots of funders, get updates. And really, it's an algorithm that has over 50 variables that we don't speak about the specifics, but you can think about what they all are. And we just factor that in. Yeah, now, obviously you want to get, you had said 25% of your funding
0: in the first week. I always tell people in the first 48 hours, just probably try to get 30% of your funding. Uh, what are some tips for anybody listening? How do you actually get all that traction at the beginning? Because a lot of people, they have the misconception, they put the campaign up and people just come, but it doesn't yeah. work that way. Well, what would be some tips you could tell people for trying to get that <laughs> traction right
1: out of the gates? Well, I think that uh, six components of having a, 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 pretty, a pretty smart campaign is number one, you want to think about your video. Number two, you want to think about your perks. Number three, you want to think about your updates. Number four, you want to think about your uh, influencer strategy, you know, the folks on Twitter, the folks in blogs, other influencers out there. You want to think about your PR strategy as number five. <clears throat> and number six, I like to call it the host committee which are who are the first hundred or thousand people that are each going to get 10 other people to fund this project. So if you need to get uh, $10,000 in funding, you know, if you try to get uh, 10 people to each give you a thousand dollars, that's tough. But if you can get 10 people to each sign up to be a a host committee member, which means that they're each going to get you 10 other people. Now all of a sudden you have 110 people funding, right? So you have the 10 originals plus 10 times 10 for 110. So I think it's really important to really get that host committee signed up early. Often those are people that you'll get through your inner network. You'll have them sign up through email addresses. Uh, sometimes you want to influence them by giving them perks that are above and beyond the normal perks. And it's really about getting that snowball effect going. You can't do it by yourself. You need others to help you with sharing. That
0: That's exactly right. Building a team. So that's some great advice there. I want to jump into uh, what you talked about this at CES, which – I'm excited about and people. I always said for the last year, I've spoke with Chris Hawker of Trident Design, and he's told me about this. Big companies get involved in crowdfunding. So you guys launched enterprise crowdfunding. Can you tell the audience? I mean, what that consists of? I mean, basically, big companies like GE, Hasbro, Anheuser Busch, which already have done campaigns, have jumped yep. in the crowdfunding industry. What does that look like? What's this company
1: look like for for you guys? <laughs> Yeah. I mean, so we launched in January, 2008 in the early days, we were talking really small filmmakers that were using Indiegogo over time. You started to get hardware, more entrepreneurial companies. And in the last year we've really seen that more enterprise companies, fortune 500 fortune 1000 companies are really showing a lot of interest. And for them, it's really, they're trying to tap into what the entrepreneurs have done. They're doing market validation they're getting connections with their customers and they're able to really connect better with the audience. And we're so proud of the fact that we've had this organic success that now we're launching a dedicated service, which is the enterprise crowdfunding. And they're gonna be able to use the platform just like anybody else does, but often they need some help. So we're working with them um, on one-off campaigns. So GE is an awesome example. They wanted to uh, test the idea of a porous spherical ice, kind of what they call nugget ice that's chewable instead of a dense rectangular ice. And they weren't sure if it was going to work and it was hard to get it through all the politics and the layers of bureaucracy in the company. And they said, you know, what? let's throw it up on Indiegogo, see what happens. And they were able to raise over a couple million dollars. But the money is not the key point here. They were able to get the demand. They were able to get the comments, the feedback, and the customers liked it. And so, yes, there's going to be these one-off machines called the Opal Nugget Ice Maker. But now they're actually going to be incorporating it into their future refrigerator lines. And GE will tell you that they were able to accelerate innovation and lower costs at the same time. So bringing it from a four-year innovation cycle to a four-month innovation cycle and lower the cost to 1 20th of the costs. It, it's a no-brainer, and I, I, it's a great way to take a product
0: to market. As an inventor myself, it's a cheap way to save and then also learn, get feedback from the audience. Uh, so what are some other services for enterprise crowdfunding? So what things do you do to help these companies that would be different from anybody else that's going to do a crowdfunding campaign?
1: Well, at at the core, it's the exact same thing, which is an open platform and anybody can use it. But the the large players, the Fortune 1000s, they often want some more support. So we help them with strategic planning as to what the campaign could look like. We help them navigate through their product pipeline, what will be the right product to use on Indiegogo. We also help them in terms of the campaign planning. We help them in terms of promotional planning. And in regards to execution, we advise them as to what the right uh, partners would be and what the right next steps would be.
0: Awesome, man. So uh, one of the questions I'm curious about, um, paying for placement. Um, So I saw one of the articles that people can basically pay X amount of dollars to be placed better on Indiegogo. Is that only for big companies or is that for the
1: small entrepreneur as well? So this is something that uh, we're constantly testing different ideas. And a lot of people, both the individual entrepreneurs and the Fortune 500s, um, say, hey, can I pay for some placement as long as you know?" clearly transparent that this is a placement. And we've always been listening to our customers, so we constantly are testing. Right now, this is in a pilot phase, and we're trying out with different with different players.
0: Okay, so it, in the future, you see it being an opportunity, obviously, for different people.
1: Yeah, we just need to see how it goes. We need to make sure that the product and the organic placement really feels uh, appropriate, that people feel it's transparent enough in terms of how we place it. Um, and the, you know, if the, if the market is accepting it well, we'll make sure to scale it out. Awesome. So with crowdfunding, where do you see, and this is what I,
0: I'm just in the next five years, where do you really see crowdfunding going? Because I, I see we're just be getting started. I mean, there's a lot of people that don't even know about crowdfunding yet, which blows my mind. And where do you see it going in the next two to five years with the market? What changes will you see? Um, what can people expect and why? I mean, why should they get into crowdfunding?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's a little deja vu here to the social networking days, the social media days of the 2000s. So if you back up 10 years, the same story was happening with social networking. Just now in 2005, 2006 is when the bigger companies were just starting to jump on board into social networking and social media. And then by the end of the decade, 2010, it became the norm. So I think something similar is happening right now with crowdfunding. Uh, there's a big difference between two and five years. But let's just say 2020. Uh twenty twenty is a long time away from now for crowdfunding and I think it's gonna be completely different. I think it's gonna be much more mainstream. I think that you'll see many Fortune five hundred companies wow. doing this. It's just gonna be good for business, lowering costs, better connection with the customers. I do think that you might even see by twenty twenty a billion dollar campaign. I think you'll see more advanced yeah, exactly. A billion? A billion. Whoa. Wow. That that even made me <laughs> I have studied
0: the industry a billion that that is awesome a billion one campaign a billion
1: well the way you're seeing it right now is about every 18 months you're basically adding every 18 to 24 months you're basically adding a zero from the inception of Indiegogo Wow. so if you fast forward that I mean right now the biggest campaigns are eight digits so I would guess by the end of 2017 you might see potential for something in the uh, uh, nine digits you know, a hundred million, it, it, and
0: so my so my question on that is uh, to get a campaign that big. I'm guessing you have to get obviously big players involved, um, not so much guess,
1: investors. But I would guess I would guess that for a campaign that huge, it's actually going to be something where the world comes together to support some sort of uh, cause yeah. or yeah, some true. sort of natural disaster, where um, you know Indiegogo has just proven to be the fastest way to get towards a specific action or result. Um, I don't know that I see the kind of the quick hundred million or the billion dollar campaign being a, a product overnight. Now, I do see, I do expect there being hundred million dollar campaigns, you know, in 2017, 2018 uh, for products. Uh, but probably when you talk about these massive things by the end of the 2020, uh, it's probably going to be some sort of people coming together for good sort of thing.
0: That's awesome, man. Uh- So what, for people that don't really realize the power of crowdfunding, I mean, I know there's more than just the money. What other things uh, can
1: people get out of crowdfunding that they don't realize? Yeah, when it all started, people thought it was just all about the money. But as they started really experimenting, they started to learn that actually the money is great, but you can also get the money in some other ways, you know, loans, credit cards, VCs, et cetera. The things that really come as amazing value is number one, you get to test your marketing. Number two, you get to get extra promotion. Number three, one of the most important things, you get market validation. You can actually confirm whether or not this is working or not, resonating with people or not. And number four is you get to create a relationship with the customers because you capture their data, their email address, their physical addresses, and you get to communicate with them and stay in touch as opposed to a one-off where somebody else sells the product to them and they get to know who the customer is, but you're disremediated. That connection is really powerful. That's that's
0: awesome, man. So two more questions before I let you go. The first one is what tips would you give to people, the best tips for having success with crowdfunding?
1: Yeah, so I mentioned the uh the crowdfunding concepts, you know, have a good pitch, be proactive, and find an audience that cares. I'll actually boil it up a little higher in terms of being an entrepreneur. I think just think really big, start really small, iterate quickly and be obsessed about the customer and the product. Okay. Let passion and let passion drive you. My last question. Slava, do you have any crowdfunding
0: campaigns of your own personally that you want to do in the future?
1: Um, I mean, I do them fairly regularly, actually. So the reason I even got started with Indiegogo is because I started my own charity. My dad died of cancer when I was a kid. And in 2005, I was trying to raise money for cancer research, and it was really frustrating to use the applications that were available at the time. So I, every now and then, do a music against my Loma fundraiser, which is a uh, usually in New York, but could be other places where it's We raise money and have a concert at the same time. I also sell socks that are called Cancer Sucks Socks. They say Cancer Sucks on them. I wear them uh, pretty often, almost every day of my life. So I usually do uh, some cancer-related campaigns. But yeah, it'd be cool to get involved more with some other product-oriented stuff too.
0: That's actually why I got into the crowdfunding field. I used to be a director of a nonprofit that raised money for cancer patients. So that's awesome uh, that you did that. I saw the power of raising money from the crowd and what it can do for people. So I just got to say to you, Slava, thank you for everything you do. Uh, You're really supporting a lot of young entrepreneurs. You're supporting, I mean, the community, everything. Like you said, the industry is going to blow up. The future is just amazing what it's going to be with crowdfunding. It's taking products to the market so much easier, cheaper, and we're funding, guys, everybody's ideas. So thank you for that. Any last words you want to say before we let you go?
1: Nope. Thanks for having me. And, uh, you know, the whole idea of Inigo is to empower entrepreneurs and innovators and people who are looking to change the world. So everybody should be inspired to do what they want. And, you know, don't take no as an answer. Just try it. Hey, thank you, man. That was awesome.
0: I really enjoyed having Slobber Rubin on the podcast show. Great story. Uh, Great reason for getting into crowdfunding and there's some great advice there you can learn from him. Be sure to check out the notes with everything about the show at BrandonTAdams.com. Just go under the podcast and check out the interview with Slava Rubin. Some great stuff there. And uh, Also, uh, if you are looking to learn more about crowdfunding, just go to my website, keystothecrowd.com, and we have a course specially for you. To give you everything you need to know I mean I've interviewed many people like I think it's close getting close to 100 people now and I've learned a lot uh, in the crowdfunding field and business and launching products and we have a course just for you that gives you everything you need to know how to get national media attention how to get all kinds of publicity and um, hype right out of the gates for your campaign everything. You can find them on the website at keysofthecrowd.com. We have a course just for you. And if you are getting, if you really want to take crowdfunding serious, I have a team. We help people raise money through crowdfunding. We're doing it right now for John Lee Dumas on the Freedom Journal. In seven days, we raised over $200,000. Yes, that's right, $200,000. If you haven't checked that campaign out yet, just go to thefreedomjournal.com. It'll direct you right to it. I highly suggest it. You can get the Freedom Journal that helps you set and accomplish your biggest goals of 2016. I have one. It's helped me accomplish huge goals already with the Young Entrepreneur Convention. Highly suggest check that out. And thank you again for everything you do, for listening. If you ever have any ideas on shows, let me know. Brandon at BrandonTAdams.com. That's it for today's show, and I hope you enjoyed it. In the meantime, go out there, create something great, and become unforgettable because life is too short not to. I'm Brandon T. Adams.